1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Welcome into Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst, Damon Hughes. Nice slant route. This is a business decision. You know you're going to take a lump. And former linebacker, Sean Barber.
2: There's a thing called street justice. You take care of yours. Yeah. You take care of your family, take care of your chicken,
0: take care of your money. On your official broadcast partner, the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
3: What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? We are back, players only in the building, minus one of our co-hosts slacking (laughs) off this evening, but we went to the bullpen, tapped our right arm, and we got the ever-reliable, although he's a defensive guy, a former defensive guy, we we won't hold that against him. We got J.C. Pearson (laughs) in the building. J.C., what's going on? Here, here. What's happening, brother? And I am Danon Hughes, and we are back for our, I guess it's week eight Players Already. Only edition. We appreciate all the listeners out there that have tuned in each and every week supporting us. And remember, Players Only is brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Oh Well, guys, uh, I'd love to... Start this first quarter of the show off for everybody that's ever listened or hasn't listened, I guess, in the past. We we go by quarters on this show just like we do on the football field. And this first quarter of the show, we always utilize for a recap.
2: A recap.
3: We got Man. the phone lines open. <laughs> Jay Southland, tow service, text line 913 576 7610. Make sure you get active on the text line. We will be tackling the texts as well as the phone line. In our third segment, right after halftime. That's the Time's Yours segment that my man Julio orchestrates. But first quarter is here. We gotta just came out it. of the locker room and we got to recap this Ch- Chiefs Titans game. I mean, yeah, it's a g- just it, one of those game? games.
2: <laughs> one of those games. You know, and we've all had them, you know, throughout our career. This was one of those games where. At least from the offensive side, you don't even look at the video. You just go on to the next one because you know it's a it's a, an anomaly. And yeah. It's not you know it's not really who you are. You know now obviously a lot of corrections need to be made, but sometimes it's best. Let's just move on. Let's get. We all know the mistakes that every player out there knows the mistakes that they made. They don't really need, okay, you know, like you said, it's week eight, right? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, and we've all been there. Sometimes you just need to to move on. Let's go. We all need. We all know what we need to do. Now we just need to to refocus and get back to it.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I like that mindset. And I, you and I have both been in the locker room. We both were coached by Marty Scheinheimer. You were coached by other coaches around the league as well. And everybody has a different method to the madness. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll definitely, in the second quarter, we'll get into a little bit more about that and how do you rebound, learn, bounce back from, uh, move forward from an embarrassing loss. But nevertheless, obviously, like Herm said, there's a reason they keep score. Right. Because it's about wins and losses. You played to win the game, and the Chiefs did not win the game. Now, I will say, if you look at our losses, we've probably played the toughest schedule in the NFL. We have, unfortunately, the toughest schedule going forward. Uh, But if you're a champion or you aspire to be a champion, like competitively, you, you, as well as I, I want to play the best. I want to slap the best around to let everybody know that it doesn't that matter. You're the best, right? Yeah, that yeah. we're the best is not an anomaly. You know, a lot of times when you look back at Tom Brady's tenure with the Patriots, a lot of people said he always had an easy schedule, even though he went to a Super Bowl, he had an easy schedule. Now there's a part that is kind of true in that because of the AFC East because right. of yeah. the deficiencies of playing the Dolphins twice and the Jets, and the Jets twice. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so, yeah, you kind of felt like they had six wins before the season even started, or five wins before the season even started. They yeah. just had to figure out how to win the rest. But every single week you line up, and the Chiefs have lost to the best team in the AFC South. Yeah. They lost to the what some people are considering the best or at least tied for the best in the AFC North. They've Mm -hmm. lost to what the record shows or close to shows now as the best team in the West, which is the Chargers. Right? So I, I think you're you're lined up where you're losing games that you would thought you would win, but you're you're also in a situation where you lost to the Bills who's the best in the in the East. So it's, it's almost like every AFC team that you've played just happened to be the best of really their good. division. Yeah.
2: So it's not like you're losing to the scrubs. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, it's wins and losses. And I think by people saying, and actually, you know, when you look at the percentage, that they do have the toughest remaining schedule, I think is actually a good thing. Yeah. Um, not from just what you were saying, just I want to compete. But they know – that they have to compete. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing you don't want to want this team right now to be hearing, oh, we got an easy schedule going. And now maybe they start hearing that, and believing that. If they know that they've got the toughest schedule in the league coming up and where they're at, they know that they've got to come every week. They know they have to prepare every week, so there's no more excuses for being unprepared or I overlooked this team, I overlooked that. No, you can't do that yeah, any, any week from now on.
3: the That margin is slim now. You you can't yeah. sleep on anybody. Right. If you would have gotten to this point like the Bills and you're standing at 6-1 and one, uh, or, or like we'll see tonight with the Green Bay Packers oh, versus right. – the, the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals the who are 6-1 or 7-0, right. oh, then you can start looking forward and saying, you know what, we got a guy that's nicked up. We can give him a couple of weeks off. Mm-hmm. We're standing in pole position like last year where right. we started the season off 14-1. and one. You can kind of, you know, mitigate some of the yep. things that you're going through or some of the injuries or situations. You don't have the luxury. I mean, right now we're in a position for the Chiefs that they have to put their foot on the gas pedal and cannot look back. Hey, it Really,
2: playoffs start this week. Yeah, playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. <laughs> right now, the, week eight. Right. I mean, b- practically, when you when you yeah. look at how everything plays out and the potential, because they do have such a hard schedule, and now the margin for error is very slim. You know, you you can lose maybe one or two, maybe and uh, and make it, but you don't you don't want to have to depend on anyone else. You want to do it yourself, so you know, really, playoff mentality needs to start.
3: Yeah, it's a mindset, and, you know, we'll talk more in the second segment or second quarter about, you know, rebounding and so on, but just recapping the Titans game. And uh, you kind of looked in a position where the Bills slapped you around, they bullied you on your own field, and they took a lot of the, the... ancillary stuff that went on in the AFC championship to heart because they came out and they were, it was almost like it was part of the game plan. We're going to be physical with you up front. We're going to take the brunt of the, of the penalties. We're going to, you know, roll the dice on some flags because we're going to try to establish a physicality in your home field, just like you did to us several months ago when you were on your way to the Super Bowl, And, they, I mean, it, it worked, and I, I kind of think, and I, I want your opinion on this, I kind of think that it's a, it's a really good game plan within the game. We always talk about the game within the game, but I never really thought of it as you, you recognize the nature of officials and officiating. Oh, yeah. And if an official, just like in basketball, if officials are blowing the whistle heavily early, they seem to not blow it late, and if you're a team that says, "You know what? It's going to be a back and forth game," and we know we got to score touchdowns, and we know we got to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and this offense, we can roll the dice early, because then we may be able to get away with stuff late because they won't want us. They won't want to call that tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth penalty on us uh, and our defense specifically. But we can take some of those five, six, and seventh penalties early in the game to kind of mitigate what we do at the end.
2: And that's why you see coaches constantly harping on refs all game long, yep. all the time, trying you to try get, to get those late calls. <laughs> but you know, and I know, I don't know offensively, but defensively. They used to tell us who the officials are because officials call things differently. Yeah, and and well, we have such and such this week. You know that he calls a lot of holdings. Uh, you know, in, in the back end, so you got to watch yourself this week or whatever. Or hey, this guy lets you play, so you can be a little more physical. So we used to I, I actually talk about who the officials were going to be. That week, so we knew how we if we needed to adjust our play or not.
3: And and that's I think that's uh, a a huge nugget for a lot of the listeners out there, a lot of the fans. And we because you always hear us talk about the game within the game, and that could be trash talking, that can be you know cheap shots, it can be things that are happening where you know you might push me a little bit late, just so I push you back right at the end of the whistle, and yep. I get called for the flag. Yep. And, but it also, you added a, an extra nuance that I hadn't really thought about in regards to not only preparing for the opponents, yep. but you're preparing for the officials. Because I remember in the locker room, they had on the bulletin board was who the official officiating yep, yeah. crew was going to be. Yep. This was before social media, so you couldn't obviously log in on your phones or anything like that. But they had the officials who were going to be in the game. Mm-hmm. and. And you know, we would talk about it. Talk about
2: it, because guys, you know, some guys call. Like I said earlier, some guys call uh, pass interference or holding more than another guy. So we would know wh- who who the guy was, what his rep is, how he's refed us before, how mm-hmm. he how he's officiated us, and. If we know we have to, you know, we like to be aggressive. And uh, you call it holding. We call it being aggressive, right? Y'all yeah, was holding. <laughs> depends You, on, but th- depends Kevin on, Ross, you Lewis, was, right? y'all, Deron on who,
3: Cherry. Depends on who the ref was, right? So, uh, we, we try to say it's not a penalty hey, unless they call unless it. Unless they call it. It's not a penalty unless
2: they call it. So we would know. And like you said, that was part of the, the weekly preparation also. So we would know how physical, how aggressive we could be.
3: Yeah, and I think that's what you saw. I mean, we saw a clear push-off by A.J. Brown on a a deep pass in the end zone, another deep pass down the sideline, you know, taking advantage of the smaller defensive backs and LeJarius Sneed and Mike Hughes. Uh, They were bigger. I think that's the nature of their offense. That's why Mike Vrabel goes out and gets Julio Jones because he feels like at six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds on one wide receiver, and six foot one, two hundred and twenty-six at the other wide receiver, and a running back at six three, 250, We can bully our way down the yeah, field yeah. and we're gonna get the benefit of the doubt more times than not, just like Shaq. Mm-hmm. Just like Shaq in the middle, being much bigger than everybody else, we're gonna get the benefit of the doubt. And that's how they rolled into into uh free agency into this season yep. and it worked against us now it didn't work earlier in the season when they lost to the Jets and uh, you know and, and in those situations but they beat the bills who was the best team in the AFC East and they beat us two consecutive weeks to kind of announce that this is you know this is the identity of a right. team and I think that's where we're lacking is at this point, we're, we don't really have an identity. We right. don't have an identity that in, in, instills fear in other opponents, whether they're coming into Arrowhead or we whether we're stepping into their their stadium like we had had for the last three years. Yeah. And, and you made a good point earlier when you
2: talked about how the Bills had, had a game plan when they came in. And for the listeners, and I think it goes back to the Super Bowl, this yeah. last Super Bowl, and, and what people – uh, don't realize is that in the NFL you study four weeks back mm-hmm. for the most part. Now, obviously, they the Super Bowl, they study all offseason and figure out, okay, well, this is what they did against them because even though the Chiefs lost in the Super Bowl, they were still the favorite to go back to the Super Bowl yeah. this year. Yep. Still, Everyone still considered them the best team in the league, so they were studied all offseason, all offseason, and then obviously the last four weeks. So the success that people have had against them – uh, everybody else is trying to 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 uh, replicate that yeah. every week. And I think Tennessee did a great job of it because that's kind of who they are anyway, to be physical in nature, and similar to what the Bills did, uh, get get after Patrick Mahomes defensively, uh, get a lot of pressure up the field. And like you said, don't be afraid to, to get some of those penalties early.
3: Yeah. And you know what? I, I was on a show earlier and I talked about, it was a show for Springfield and, and talking with guys about the Chiefs, and I kind of made the reference that we kind of felt like we were Mike Tyson, where we, we would knock people out. Mm-hmm. We had the, the stigma of walking, in, walking into the stadium with a, with a towel cut up over our neck, and we were going to throw hooks and haymakers and knock you out, and you needed to be fearful and be on your, your heels like Michael Spinks. And then all of a sudden. But but if you can hang in, just hang in, right? Then all of a sudden there's a guy, Buster Douglas, comes in. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he shows, I can be longer, keep you away, Mm -hmm. throw jabs to frustrate you. And if I hang in there, there's going to be an opportunity where you're going to give me an opening to be able to beat you. And then even though Mike Tyson was still Mike Tyson, he wasn't really Mike Tyson after People weren't
2: as afraid of Mike as Tyson afraid. as before. And and that's a, that's a great analogy because I think the whole league was fearful of the Chiefs. Oh, the nobody whole league, wanted to play him. Nobody wanted nope. to play him. And rightfully so. Yep. Right? But then when you start, like you said, Tampa Bay kind of showed and gave a blueprint on hey, maybe you can slow him down like this. Mm. Let's play some cover two. Let's take away the deep ball and let our front four try to get after the quarterback and hopefully we can just slow them down. You're not going to stop them. You're going to slow them down, though, and our offense can score, and, and that's what we're seeing defensively now. Teams are just trying to take the deep ball away yep. and and making the Chiefs go 10, 11, 12 play drives down the field, and you know either you're going to get a penalty uh, that's going to that's going kill the drive or you're going to get a turnover, uh, you know, something like that, and that's what teams uh, are banking on, and that's what we used to be able to do but we're now trying. We're having problems doing that. We got to get back to to being able to do that consistently.
3: Great point. And I know this game, and you've always heard it as fans. It's a game of adjustments, and the Chiefs definitely have to make an adjustment, just like JC and I are talking about. It's not a, a be-all, end-all. It's not that the season is down in the dumps. There's still some fight. You get hooked and, and you get jabbed and you get knocked down and get knocked woozy into a corner. And just like a heavyweight fighter, you got to swing your way out. And I believe the Chiefs will swing their way out. But as we come upon, we're coming upon a break. But when we come back for the second quarter of the show, I'm going to talk about some experiences that we've had specifically in embarrassing situations embarrassing games embarrassing losses uh, or just big losses that made you regroup from a player's perspective that's what you get on players only we're going to talk about our experiences in the past and what we think this chiefs team can do to move forward
0: this is players only with Danon hughes and sean barber thursday nights at six on your official broadcast partner of the kansas city chiefs 610 sports radio
3: And we're back, players only, second quarter of the show. I am Danon Hughes. I got J.C. Pearson. He is filling in for our linebacker, Sean Barber, who is not here this week. We are definitely missing him. We actually had – did we have a a three-man booth the first week? Oh, yeah. Neil was here. Neil was here, here, Neil Smith. Yeah. But sometime we'll get you back in when Barber Shop's here. I don't necessarily like having two defensive guys in here with me just being the only – uh, sane, offensive, smart guy, but but I guess I have to deal with it sometimes. Speaking of that, man, did you hear um, Tom no. Brady the other day? What are you talking on about? On Monday night? No way. He was way off. But anyway, he
2: t- he said defensive players. He was on that, that Monday night deal with Peyton oh, and Oh, Peyton Eli. and Eli. Yeah. Okay, what would he say? And they start talking about offense versus defense whatever. I think they were talking about Gronkowski, not watching film uh-huh. and all that stuff. But anyway, he got on the defensive guys and said defensive players – are like dogs that chase cars because all they do is just chase the ball or whatever, <laughs> so they don't study. We're like,
3: what? I know I knew yeah. Tom was a very smart no, guy.
2: No, but I know he took some heat for that. And, <laughs> and they said, well, you're gonna hear it in the locker room tomorrow, because you know, defensive players have to be more cerebral than the offensive guys. I think More cerebral? <laughs> so you can't even finish that sentence without even hey, smiling. Hey, but but uh, you know, I don't want to put that out there that defensive <clears throat> players just react to the ball, man. We gotta make adjustments. Ooh, we uh, gotta, that's what yeah. oh. We got to play like that, but we got to be smart and play like that. That's the difference yeah. between you guys can only just think, but you don't play like
3: that. You ever had like a stick in front of a dog where you wave it and his head goes side to side and then you throw it and they just go chase it? That's not like a defensive player? No. That's not? No. <laughs> you, if you what throw, about? If you throw the ball over there, then Then, then they that's go, different. that's when they rally? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> right, we're back. Second quarter players only brought to you by our friends at US Bank. Whatever your passion, US Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We got the Jay Southland tow service text line open 913-576-7610. We also got the phone lines open. The next segment is all yours. It's the time your segment. Uh, In the third quarter, so we want the callers to call in. We know there's got to be some frustrations. There's got to be some angst. There's got to be some concern in regards to where our Chiefs team is, and we know the Chiefs Kingdom is vocal about that, passionate about it. Or some solutions. I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear hear some of the solutions out there. What what, what do the people think? Shoot, uh, you might as well. We, 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 you never know who we know. We might pass along some some sound advice. So oh, give here? us a call. Who else
2: might be listening?
3: 913-576-7610. JC. So as we talked about earlier, um, I felt like this second quarter of the set of this show, we should, you know, we have experience in this league, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, we've had some embarrassing situations. We've we've been a part of embarrassing losses. And I think a lot of times the fans, they, they have a misconception of the pro game, how you incentivize guys, how guys react to certain things, um, not anything against them, but they may have this mindset of Pop Warner High School, mm-hmm. et cetera. Or video games, you're you're upset, you're pissed off, and your coaches are screaming at you, and you got these Bobby Knight-type coaches, and that's what works. And you got, uh, you know, the fire and brimstone guys that are screaming at you and calling you out of your name, and that's what gets you motivated. That's not necessarily how it works on the pro level. Right. And, yeah. you know, we've been down that road. Right. I mean, and on the pro level, you're a grown man.
2: Yeah. You know, and other grown men are just <laughs> happening to coach you. Exactly. And <laughs> you know, what people fail to realize when they, you know, cause they, they love their team and when things go bad, it's all on that team. Well, you know, those other guys on the other side get paid and they're professionals too. And they, mm-hmm. they are game planning and, and everything else. And, and you may they they think that when you don't play well is cuz you don't want to play well or you don't want to win or, that's the furthest from the truth everybody out there wants to win or it doesn't mean as much right or all no, that stuff no, no it doesn't it doesn't work like that everybody out there wants to win um, you know it's just it's, it you're you're human some guys play better than others it's competition and that's what makes the game the game and and why you have to line up and play um, but when you can uh, figure out how to bring that performance week in and week out, you know, that that's when you've got something. And, you know, football is the ultimate team sport. Ultimate team sport. It takes 11 guys on each side and special teams to win. And, you know, if one guy's not doing his job or not prepared, that can ruin the play. That can ruin whatever. So it's the ultimate team sport. So, you know, you can't just put it on one guy and, you know, and not give just one guy all the success, too. I mean, all the accolades, rather.
3: You know what? I mean, I've been in, from my perspective, I've been in a locker room after an embarrassing loss. You know, the Monday night meltdown where a lot of people, if you remember, if you're a Chiefs fan and you go back to the 90s, we had multiple penalties in one drive where Shannon Sharp Mm -hmm. got under the skin of Derek Thomas, Wayne Simeon, um, I want to say Jaime Fields, Leslie O'Neill. I mean, the whole defensive line basically got sucked in by Shannon Sharpe's trash talk to the tune of face mask penalties, unsportsmanlike penalties, uh, you know, unnecessary roughness penalties, yeah. and literally without hardly throwing the ball or moving the ball, they moved the ball down the field into touchdown territory by penalty after penalty after penalty. Yeah. After the play, and when you say face mask, it's not like... He's running
2: the ball, and you get a face mask. <laughs> they're no, they're grabbing face the <laughs> masks after the, after the play, everything. And it's Monday Night Football, which, you know, so yeah. the whole country it's
3: is seeing, seeing it. it. Yep. Right. 1998, for anybody that don't remember or you're too young uh, to have followed the team, 1998, the Monday Night Meltdown, where it was on national TV. And Lamar Hunt, God rest his soul, was is one of the great men that I've ever met in my life and been a part of. In my life, and he would come in prior or after every single game of my career, and probably yours. Mm-hmm. He would come into each person's locker after the game, shake your hand, look at you in the face, and he would say, "Great game, nice try, nice effort." You know, how's your parents? How's your how's your kids, etc. And he would go to mo- every player in the locker room, uh, in their locker, sitting down. And that was the one time in my career we lost playoff games. We were 13-3 and three a couple of times and lost in the first round after a bye. Number one seed, number two seed, all of those things. That was the first time he ever came in and was heated at the display that was happening on the field. Or how embarrassing it was to the Chiefs organization. And he gave a speech to the team before the coach gave a speech to the team. So you know that was – He took yeah. the mic as quiet and docile as he seemed yep. to be. He took the mic and yep. said that this was unacceptable. And his own way spoke about how that debacle on the field, not necessarily the scoreboard, but the antics that were happening on the field, how how it was an embarrassment to the team, embarrassment, embarrassment to the organization – and he was livid.
2: Yeah. And and it wasn't about the play. Yeah. It was about, like you said, all the unsportsmanlike penalties, all the stuff not related to play. You know, pulling, yanking face masks and fighting and all that kind of stuff, because that's the embarrassing part. Uh, you know, I, I played in a game where the year before we played the then Houston Oilers, Warren Moon, the run and shoot. Oh, yeah. You know, Haywood Jeffries, um, uh, Ernest Givens, Drew Hill, those, kind, those guys, man, and And we played them uh, one year. I think it might have been 90, I believe. And, I mean, we've had a great game plan. Same guys. We beat them 31 to nothing, I believe. The next next year, they came here to Arrowhead. Same exact personnel, our personnel, their personnel, same system, everything. And Warren Moon and those guys threw – for the second most yard <laughs> in NFL history against at, us at against, home, at here, mm-hmm. and I mean it was it was embarrassing because nothing we did worked that day, and we all got it. Me, Albert, Kevin, Duran, Lloyd, uh, Stan Petrie. We, I mean, there was
3: nothing that we could call that day to stop them. And it wasn't, and, and you and, guys weren't any any slackers. You just named four guys that are on the Ring of Honor. Yeah, and and with
2: the same group. We we killed them the year before same group thirty one nothing come back the next year and they embarrassed us here mm-hmm. and like you said when when Lamar came in that night after the the uh, mat, the meltdown and went off th- this particular day nobody really said much because it was it was just effort it was one of those days you know it wasn't like we weren't trying it wasn't mm-hmm. like you know it was just one of those games where. You know, they out game planned us and and they beat us. And it was embarrassing because of our reputations. But we just had to come back the next week. you got to put that beside you, uh, uh, aside, come back and prepare and get ready for the next week. So when we came back in, they were and that was my comment earlier about that was one of those games where we didn't even watch the film. Yeah, we were like, we know that wasn't us. Let's get back to being us. Let's get back to doing what we do. And we just uh, came back on Wednesday ready to go, and everyone knew
3: what was wrong, and we fixed it. And there's sometimes there's just no use in looking at the film because you know who you are. You have an identity. Right. Back then, you guys had an identity as an as a defense. Right. And, and you really, didn't need – there was nothing you were going to learn from that film. By way Exactly. And, and I don't know if that's the – that was – it didn't seem like that was the plan by Andy Reid this week in regards to the loss against the Titans. But I think based on what I saw from my vantage point in the broadcast booth with Mitch Holtis – that there were some things in regards to effort and energy that I think was revealing to a lot of guys. Yeah. And you can't stand in that locker room and scream and yell and talk about being a leader, talking about sack Nation, talk about all you know, wanting to get revenge and, and going 20-0 and all the things that we hear all throughout the offseason and so on, and then – Put forth the effort that you see in that last game. And, you know, I think back, you know,
2: when you you think back the last three years, this team has had a lot of success. Yep. A lot of success. You know, should have been in three straight Super Bowls. True. Right? And not everybody handles success the right way. Mm -hmm. And when you're young and you have so much success so soon – you start thinking, hey, this is easy. Yep. It's easy, right? You know, all we got to do is show up and play, and we're the Chiefs. We're killing everybody. we going back to the Super Bowl again, and it doesn't work like that in this league. Nope. And, and it's human nature kind of, especially for a guy that doesn't know the other side of it. All he knows is win, 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 uh, you know, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, blah, you know, to slack up a little bit and, mm-hmm. and maybe Think not, it's automatic. Think it's automatic, and, and now maybe you're not preparing the same way. You think you're going hard, but you're not really going as hard as you can go prior to, you know, so they got to get back to that and get that hunger back, I think. And, you know,
3: that comes with the effort. A perfect example of what you just said is Justin Fields when he said the game was slow in the NFL because he had some success in the preseason. And now I think he would venture to believe that statement was BS. And he would like to (laughs) retract that based on what he's going through in Chicago. All right, that's halftime for Players Only. J.C. Pearson and I are in the building, and we're going to come back after halftime, and that's when we're going to have times yours. So the text line, phone line is open. Give us a call. Shoot us some text. We want to tackle what you got on your mind, and we're going to do that next.
0: This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.
3: Half-time's over.
2: Time's yours. Time's yours.
3: Time's yours. Time's yours. Time's
2: yours. It was a great game by
3: everybody. Time's yours. Half-time's over. We're in the third quarter. We had our Gatorade. We got our orange... Oranges cut up on it. Was that cut up oranges your thing? Oranges. Uh, no, I didn't really do that, man. I just got something to drink. And, you
2: didn't you know. smoke a cigarette? No, 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 no. That was, hey, I was, I ain't that old, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that was Lenny Dawson. That <laughs> was Lenny and, and,
2: and all them guys, man. I heard How, Dan Marino
3: used to, smoke, used to smoke cigarettes that, too, but I, I can't confirm that. But we're back, <laughs> players only. Half time's over. We got the Jay Southland tow service text line open, 913 576 7610. And as you heard in the open here, uh, it's time. It's time. The time is yours. Time's yours. And we got the phone lines open. I see Dan and KCK. Dan, what's going on? Hey,
4: good evening, uh, Dan and J.C. That yeah, was uh, a frustrating game. Uh, big sense, I'll tell you something, Uh We helped Henry to 86 yards. Uh, I'll take that any game, any day of the weekend. Uh, not stopping A.J. Brown, the honor, 3-2 yards out too much. And, uh, but they will bounce back against the Giants. And uh, J.C., you followed your career pretty good. That was some secondary, you, Kevin Ross, Lloyd Burris, and your first year, he had uh, what John Max, he led you guys to the playoffs. I got one question to ask. Why did the Chiefs' management fire John Max? I never... Understand
3: that what was the deal with that, man? You know, appreciate you, Dan. We love the energy,
2: Dan. Dan goes way back. I with know he's yeah, talking yeah, about John why he got fired. I know, man. And you know that that was my rookie year. Actually, we actually went to the playoffs and, and lost to the Jets that year, and then came back. They fired him, but we have Frank Gans as the special, special teams, teams coach. coach. And he was like, you know, everybody said we made it because of special teams and defense. Mm. And we
3: did. Because you were blocking yeah. punts with Locking Albert and Lewis and all the kick, uh,
2: kick return kickoff returns. But Nick Lowry, and they had this leadership committee, mm-hmm. actually went to Lamar Hunt, from what I'm told, and said that they wanted Frank Gans to be the coach. Wow. And, you know, they had all these, these guys on this leadership committee. And then... Uh, I said all the bad things about makovic or whatever, and they hired Frank Gans. They fired McAvic.
3: I had never heard that
2: story. Yeah, yeah. And and Frank Gans was here for two years. Didn't work out yeah. at all. Um, and then obviously uh, Marty and them came in after that. But yeah, but Nick Lowry supposedly spearheaded and, everything. With, yeah, and they went and talked to Lamar
3: and uh, and got. Wow. Fired. That's an incredible story. That, that's enlightening to me because I yeah. kind of wondered when you look at the history of the Chiefs coaches, how that little, you know, especially with that tidbit came about, especially with you guys going to the playoffs yep. after a drought. So yeah. good stuff. Steven, we got Steven in Raytown. What's going on, Steven? Is uh, <clears throat> <Does clears throat> that shirt? me? Yep. I'm on. Yeah,
4: I'm just gonna call and just and just vent because I, I need some therapy. I need some therapy. <laughs> Why is it that they, that the rookie linebacker has more tackles than the millionaire? That is it, just so frustrating. I counted one game, thousand up to a thousand eight. The cornerbacks have to stay on their their their, uh, their receiver. That's that's almost impossible. You can't stay on somebody that long. You're right. Why aren't they getting? And I, I see no effort with the DNs and the nose tackles. They just run right to the blockers, the offensive line, and don't even try to get around. Don't try to reach, don't try to jump and block the pass. It's just frustrating. It's really frustrating. There's no. W- I, oh, my goodness. As <laughs> 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 they're some of these guys, I would literally try to tackle a moving car because I know the doctors can put me back together. I see no effort. I mean, no no pride. When You, you know. When we guys grew up in the hood and we played basketball, there would be sometimes fights when you don't go out to play a good enough. True. Because, oh, from your same team. <laughs> what is going on? There's no there's no fire. I used to watch John Elway as a kid. And I, I was terrified when he got the ball with two minutes in the game because he had that fire in him. You could see it. Yep. And I would say, that's what I want in my quarterback. I don't see anything I want in a D line Nothing they are of see watch this. They get the award
2: for the richest bombs in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Well, appreciate but, yeah, the call, Stephen. Thanks a lot. But I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, Steven's not the only one that feels that way. But no. uh, trust me, they're giving, they're, they're trying. You know, now, can they do some things to help them? Probably. And that's what you have to do. You know, you have to, if something's not working, you have to try to devise a way to help them somehow, whether it's bring somebody else. Or, or give somebody else an opportunity uh, to get in there and play, but like I said earlier, you know that hunger has to come back. Yeah, you know you have to have that hunger and that desire and that want to. And like Stephen was saying, uh, you know some of those guys aren't showing that. And again, maybe it's come too easy for him. Uh, maybe the winning has gotten easy. But now, uh, after like you said, seeing it on video and everybody talking about it.
3: It's it's either you do or you don't now. True. All right, we got the text line open nine one three from the nine one three. I think the league has just caught up to them. They haven't had to adjust these past three years. Now they do. The, the Chiefs still have the respect of the league and other teams as one of the best. We as fans have to remain patient and watch this team climb out of this. I appreciate that sentiment. I don't believe that the league has caught up to them. You cannot be a top five team offensively and then say with the best player in the league who every team, regardless of what they would say outwardly, every team in a quiet draft would draft Patrick Mahomes number one if they had a chance to restart this entire league over. We have the best player in the league. We have the best tight end in the league. And what you can make the argument we have the best top three wide receiver in the league on offense. You don't figure that out. You just we are shooting ourselves in the foot with turnovers. Yep. that is not anything that the teams prepare and they, they have hoped to do in the past right and now they're just doing it. But you consider every just about every turnover that we've had this season has been because on the us. cusp because yeah. of us, yeah. but on the cusp of a big play. It's either been a fumble after a big yardage, or it's been a pass that's been deep down the field. Yeah, and it's that had not happened
2: before. Yeah, and it's not anything game plan. Those turnovers that we're seeing, tip balls. uh, Yeah. Or, or, you know, either careless turnovers, whether it's you know it's a it's a ill-advised throw, or guys handling the ball loosely and it gets punched out, that kind of stuff. But it's not so much that the game plan itself is shutting this offense down.
3: Yep. And we got uh, another one from the seven oh two. How do you motivate players like Frank Clark that has already already received their big generational money contract? What else can you give a player like this? There's nothing that motivates a player outside of his own self. Right. And it does not matter. Contrary to what people think is that you back your foot off the gas pedal because you got a lot of money. You got pride. And players play based on what's inside them. And if Mm -hmm. money is a dictating factor on how hard you play, then that's who you are. Now, we can talk about injuries. We can talk about effectiveness. Frank Clark, since he's been here, has been – Solid during the regular season, but incredible during the postseason. That's what we signed, and you know it's unfortunate that the numbers aren't showing themselves that way. He's he's been battling through an injury, and you don't know psychologically how you know the his his issues in the off season have affected him. That can be a factor. You can have stuff going on off the field that impacts you on the field. Now, I'm not speculating that that's the case. I'm just saying that from a, from a player's perspective, that's what you get on players only, it's real. You can go through you know, issues in family. You can go through issues with your kids. You can go through issues with extended family, money, whatever, and those things affect you just like the regular person, the normal human being that goes to their 9 to 5 every single day. Who knows, but Frank Clark is not playing up to his potential, and I'm hoping that he's able to look in the mirror, maybe get a jolt from somebody else, yeah. and he's able to become the Frank Clark yeah, that we you know.
2: know. It's different these days, man, with, you know, with all the money these guys are getting. The Guaranteed. Salary, yeah, the salary cap issues and all that stuff, because back in the day when we played – the motivation was keeping your job, Yeah, you know, because it's they the were world's the world's longest job interview. They cut you every any week. It didn't matter. <laughs> and you didn't get paid a dime after that. And so no severance. No. severance. <laughs> it was performance based. Right. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, when guys win so much, you get so much money, you know, everybody doesn't handle all that the True. same way. True. And, you know, unfortunately, some guys don't prepare the
3: same way. All right. We got to go to a break. I know we got big jacks on the line. We're coming upon the fourth quarter. This time's your segment. I think we might have to extend it to a segment and a half, maybe two segments, Julio. We're getting a lot of activity on the text line. Sorry we can't get to everybody, but we're going to try to tackle Big Jacks and maybe a couple of texts before we talk yeah, about get to that one right yeah, there. We got to talk about the Chiefs and the Giants. <laughs> Monday night football coming to Arrowhead Stadium, GEHA Field. We're going to tackle all of that in the fourth quarter.
0: This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. All
3: right, we're back and we're behind the eight ball with just a few minutes left in the show. It's the fourth quarter of Players Only, J.C. Pearson former defensive back with the Kansas City Chiefs and several teams. And I am Danon Hughes, and we're here. We got Big Jacks on the line along with a few texts, and we want to get to a couple of keys to victory for this upcoming Monday night football game. But we're going to tackle Big Jacks. We appreciate you real quick. Big Jacks, give us what you got.
5: Hey, no doubt, man. Love you, Danion. JC, my man, long time no talk to. Jacks, is this,
3: this, this Big Jacks Big Jacks?
5: Yes, sir. <laughs> What's happening, brother? What's up with it, bro? All right. Hey, man, I just want to say that uh, I agree. There's no doubt, man, the turnovers have got to stop. I mean, that's that's so key to no matter what else you can do. But I think this team has found a way to run the ball effectively, and if they can continue to do that and keep pressure off of Pat Mahomes, this team can actually find a way to right itself. If you see what the defense did this week against Henry, they went out there and they, mm-hmm. they sold out to the run and they made sure they kept him under 100. Now, I put the corners in a bad position of being the ones that give up the plays, but I still think that if this team sells out on offense for the run, Patrick Mahomes will find a way to get you some plays as long as we can stop the turnover. So, man, I appreciate you guys. I know you got to go. I love it. I'll be listening. Thanks,
3: bro. Appreciate you, man. And as always, uh, I failed to mention our friends at U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We appreciate you, Big Jacks. You got it right. Those giveaways can be uh, something that just thwarts everything. It, it zaps your, your energy. It zaps your your, motive, your your momentum and obviously takes points off the board. Yeah, but he's right, though, man, because you can't get one-dimensional. Yeah. And, and as a defense, you
2: always go in saying we want to take something away from a team. And when the Chiefs stop running the ball or stop even trying to run the ball and become one-dimensional – it as actually makes win. them, yeah. It actually makes them easier to defend. So I mean, that's a great point by yep. Big Jacks.
3: All right, we got the text lines open. We Goodell from the nine one three. Goodell hiding emails makes the NFL look bad. Really quick, yes, it does. <laughs> uh, but as we've seen throughout history, the NFL did a great job way, way back in the day, and I believe the terminology is the antitrust laws where they can basically fly under the radar, cover all what they need to cover internally and not have any true national or legal ramifications. I, I think that's called CYOA. Cover your, yep. <laughs> You're right about that. All right, we got 816 Tell JC, his, his buddy from Nick D from Lee Summit. Nick D. Needs him out there at at, at cornerback. no, you don't, we don't need him at, at at cornerback. Just like they don't need me at no not right. coverage. Hey, not right now. Not bro. now. <laughs> not not <right> now. now. <laughs> we, we ain't got no time machines <laughs> yeah. here. Not right now. All right, JC. I appreciate you though, Nick. Real quick. Uh, I see nine one three Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton, young stud linebackers. One hundred percent agree. Got to play I broke more. down a play, and I think this is an opportunity for a changing of a guard, a paradigm shift in the leadership on the defense, and it going back to the linebacker position with those two young studs. So I one hundred percent agree. But JC, I want to get your your insight on this Chiefs Giants uh, matchup coming up for Monday night. Well, yeah, you know, obviously, just got to get back to you know, block all the nonsense
2: out, block all the negativity. Just get back to playing uh, the way that they play. Obviously, the turnovers are big and the penalties. You take away the turnovers and the penalties, they win this game easily. Defensively, I think they're getting better. If you would have told me they they would keep uh, Derrick Henry under 100 yards, I wouldn't have believed it. But they did. So yeah. they're 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 coming
3: along defensively. Just. Cut out the turnovers and the penalties. Absolutely. And I think this is a game, and Marty Schottenheimer coached both of us, and what he used to say, in order to be successful, in order to have a chance in January, uh, You beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and you win at home. This is a two-for-two in that segment. The Chiefs are a better team than the Giants. We should win this game. We should reignite Arrowhead Stadium and have the fans behind us with some encouragement and some momentum as we take on the Packers and the Cowboys and Las Vegas in the coming weeks. So I believe this is a win. The Chiefs have to take it personal, and we have to jump out ahead. Get ahead up front and force teams to chase us like they did in the past three years. Yeah, that's my remedy for J.C. Pearson, Julio, I'm Danon and Barbershop, who's missing? We love you, brother. We'll see you next week. Yes, sir. Peace Peace out.
0: This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.